Welcome to House Party, a podcast where real estate, news, and pop culture collide coming straight to you from the editors of Realtor.com. I'm Natalie Way. I'm Eric Gunther. And I'm Rachel Stoltz. And welcome back. We are... Welcome back to you. Welcome back to me. I have been on the road. I was out uh, moving cross-country from New York to California. The long-awaited and very suspenseful cross-country move. You want to tell us how it went? Any highlights from the road? Any yeah. weird things that you noticed about moving across the country during a global pandemic? I mean, so we stayed in eight different hotels. So of course, that would be a concern, you know, cleanliness. It actually went by pretty fast. It wasn't too bad. We didn't have any major problems um, in terms of like COVID things. But yeah, we had, you know, After every gas refill, we would use hand sanitizer, use our masks at all times. I mean, we had a moving company take our stuff across the country. And so, you know, we did have movers in our old place, movers in our new place. They all wore masks. They were very respectful of our spaces and and were very quick and efficient. Well, I just I know that when we did a big piece on moving during the pandemic and granted, this was a little bit earlier when in the spring when everybody was still trying to wrap their heads around it and get their footing. Um, But a lot of the suggestions were to make sure to wipe everything down that the movers might have touched and even Mm. wipe down your boxes, wipe down the (laughs) contents of the boxes before you put it in place. Like, (sighs) did you do any of that or you just kind of throw caution to the wind? We okay, so we had 49 items that they picked up either a box or like a chair or something and I'd say we definitely wiped down like maybe like a piece of furniture we didn't wipe down like cardboard boxes but if it was a piece of furniture if it was a mirror we wiped it down partially for COVID but partially just because you know it had undergone a big move so there was dust on it and dirt on it so we didn't get really like extreme about it I guess is what I'm trying to say. Got it. We basically would just unpack a box and throw it away and then wash our hands. What about the move aspect of it? I mean, I know you've done a cross-country move before, but was there anything that was surprising or really difficult? Like what would be, I mean, you've done this now twice. What would be your number one piece of advice for somebody that's going to move across the country? I mean, one thing that I did for deciding whether or not to use a moving company, because there's a couple different ways to move across the country. You can do it how we did the first time, which is downsizing everything getting rid of all your furniture and just shipping the bare minimum and then piling the rest in your car and just driving that's like that was like the thrifty way that we tried to do it this time we had a few more things that we wanted to bring with us so we had to look into getting a moving company but before we booked the moving company we definitely looked at the value of all of our items is it going to cost us more to rebuy these items than to have the moving company transport them across the country. And it turned out that it would have been more expensive to replace them. So we decided to go with the moving company. Um, I think just really starting your start. I mean, I started packing a month out and by packing, I mean like assessing the things that we had deciding. Right. So you there's some there's some mental math that you have to do in terms of what to keep and yeah what, mental yeah. math and googling i'd say yeah. making an inventory of everything that you own everything that you really want to keep 
and doing a little Googling and finding the value of them. Um, and you actually did that? I did. Yeah. And it didn't take wow. me that long, actually. Like I, you know, it was, it was loose math. It wasn't like to the actual scent. Um, but you know, I mean, a lot of our stuff we've bought on, not a lot, but like some, some people, like our dressers from Ikea, our bed is from this other company. Um, so I was able to go back and look at purchase orders that I have in my email, or if the item is still available, just go online and be like, all right, the, the dresser's 250 and then put that in the inventory and then add it all up. And if it's significantly more than the price of, that they quoted us, then I was like, all right, then I guess it's worth it to just move it. You and I had very different moving experiences. I You texted me the day before you were supposed to leave and you're like, yeah, we're pretty much done and we're going to have dinner now. And I was just thinking about the day before I moved and I was sitting on my living room floor surrounded by boxes and a million things that hadn't been packed yet and I was just sobbing so you and I just had very different experiences because I didn't start early enough and you I know very methodically were after work um, or throughout the workday and you do have the luxury right now that we're all working from home but that you were putting things in boxes and just sort of starting to square things away and I think that helped keep you calm when things didn't necessarily go as planned like I know you also texted me on moving day and you said the movers aren't here yet they're supposed to be here an hour ago that was that was probably the most stressful part actually was yes was having a time like the movers were supposed to come between a let or noon and two like by two they hadn't showed up and our whole trip was kicking off that evening like I was picking up my mom from the airport we were driving to our first stop so I was going over these these things in my mind of like oh my god if they're super late my mom's gonna just be sitting at the airport like we're not gonna get into our first stop like really like until really late and so it was you know all these gonna create a domino effect for the rest of the cross-country trip exactly so I think just remembering that things will go wrong deadline you know people are gonna be late things are gonna get broken things might get lost but in the grand scheme you know, we got most of our stuff. All three of us, including my dog, are here safely. Um, we're happy with our new place and no one is sick so far. So um, that's I think that's like the priority. Anyway, <laughs> listeners, if you are embarking on a move of your own and you have a couple questions, I'm happy to take your questions. Uh, I've done a cross country move twice and I moved in two different methods, basically. Um, so happy to hear your questions you can reach us uh me at podcast at realtor.com okay so i have to think here one two three wacky real estate (laughs) (laughs) yeah i need like a can you do like a boing sound effect yeah we should have wacky real estate um with your host, Eric. Do, 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 do. Wacky real estate. Boing. Boing. <laughs> yeah, no. So, <laughs> so you guys are both talking about renting and being renters and being tenants. And I was a tenant at one point myself. So I, I feel your pain. I understand what you've gone through. <laughs> Thank you for making me feel seen. <laughs> I, I, you're seen and you are heard. What we don't normally see, though, with tenants and renters, and you guys can attest to this as well, is that 
you don't necessarily tend to personalize the space that you're in, that you're renting too much. Like, I mean, of course, you're going to put things on the walls. You're going to put have your furniture, as Natalie talked about, her mirrors. and You, you might know, even just, paint a wall, go really wild. A, yeah, you might paint a wall. What we found, though, uh, was a case in Beverly Hills where a woman moved into a condo, and uh, it was about six years ago, and she then proceeded to customize this condo as a tenant, no less, to an extreme degree, to the mm-hmm. nth degree. We have never seen these listing photos kind of defy logic. Uh, I would, <laughs> I would, I would encourage anybody that's listening to go to two twenty five South Hamilton Drive, apartment one hundred two in Beverly Hills. I and, can literally go there. You guys, should I go knock on the door? Please. We talked to the agent down there and she said, you know, when this woman took possession of the condo, it was a white box, hardwood floors. That's what this woman got six years ago. But over the past few years, she kind of transformed the space and made it super personal. So the agent went in uh, because the owner offered the woman, the tenant, if she wanted to purchase it. She declined. The Wait, the owner- woman who did all the crazy renovations declined to purchase it? Yes, yes, she did. <laughs> She's and like, that, I've put so much little- of my blood, sweat, and tears into this. Right. However, I am moving on. Right. And there is a little missing piece of this. So we, do, we did not speak with the person that did the renovations or the, the work, the woman that did all the decor. We did not speak with her. So I don't know the entire backstory, but we did speak with the agent that uh, went to sell this property, she she went in and was like, whoa, you know, mm-hmm. as you can see in the listing photos, whoa. she, she whoa. it was a it was a holy, holy uh, moly moment. Her idea, and I appreciate her ingenuity in this case, was that she said she went back to the owner and said, you know what, I'm going to try and sell this as is with all the decor in it. You know, give me two weeks. And if I can get an offer in those two weeks, we will sell it with all the decor as is. If not, if the agent was unable to sell this within two weeks, she told the owner that she would then return the place to its natural white walls, bare mm. floors state, and then they would retry. That's quite the gamble. Yeah. So um, Two weeks. That doesn't seem like very long at all well, to have this yeah. wild of a property. Yeah, but, well, it's 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 not showing as pending yet. So uh, it's been one week since it's been listed, and uh, wow. we don't ha- I don't know if she's had an offer yet. And what are wh- Eric? What are the specs on this home? So it's it's a it's it's on the market for one point six. One point six. It's a two bedroom, three bathroom condo. It's in Beverly Hills. So yes, of course, it's nice, but it just you know it just looks like a nondescript condo building. Once you get inside and uh, take a gander at this place. I don't know uh, if you guys have been scrolling through the listing photos while we've been talking I about have. it. I have. Chanel, uh, Chanel everywhere. Yeah. It's very, Eric, if you could get, if you could describe it in a word, maybe three words, what would you say? When, when I worked on this article, the, how I described it was a mix of kind of Hollywood Regency, 60s era influences, and an extreme, extreme dedication to over-the-top opulence. I think that's very accurate description. Yeah, I would say like Queen of Versailles, that mm-hmm. documentary, yeah. or right. like Paris Hilton circa 2009. That that too. It's yeah. almost like a parody of what people think Hollywood Regency is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's and, just and- so over the top. And there, I said Chanel, Chanel everywhere because there are the Chanel logos 
everywhere yes. and in the powder room it looks like it's just covered with chanel yeah uh i did i i went through the listing photos there are 19 listing photos and i counted out of you know there were 14 interlocking c's within those 19 wow. listing photos in various rooms the woman who designed this place is all about the designer brands that's for sure yes. especially yes. the french house of chanel it's a lot that's of blush true. blush pink a lot of blush pink everywhere Zero windows. Zero windows. <laughs> well, I mean, the windows are open in the guest bedroom, and the guest bedroom is a sight to behold in and of itself. I kind of like <laughs> it. I got to be honest. I sort of like it. Which the guest, the guest the, bedroom? Wait, are we the, the one with the black wallpaper? Yeah. Boudoir? <laughs> yeah. You like the boudoir? Like in the red room of pain kind of way. Sure. It's like a silver skull. <laughs> Yeah, it just seems like a fun place to stay. Oh. <laughs> okay, fun. I mean, maybe I like it because this is the only room in the house that has the curtains drawn, so you can it actually see like outside. It looks like it has a nice balcony, a nice balcony, it does. too. Yeah. This has black flocked wallpaper on the ceilings and the, the walls, yeah. and there's red paint on some of the accent walls, a huge red, maybe velvet headboard. Velvet headboard. Yeah, red lighting up above you know dark carpeting dark furnishings it's very kind of yeah boo- this is like high class bourgeois mm-hmm. i like it okay. i don't think i want to live there full time but i'm kind of drawn to it so the tenant put 6 years into uh-huh. well who knows how long she put into actually designing it but she right, lived here for 6 know. years yep. i'm sure she put a large chunk of her time into designing and money and, and money, money yeah. outfitting yes. this place mm-hmm. so the question is, and I think this is a question that crosses the mind of renters everywhere, and Eric, you kind of touched on this at the top, would you spend a good chunk of your money on actually sprucing up your place? And how much makes sense to invest in this place that you don't actually own? Um, right. Like how, pers- how, how personalized do you get? This is, this is the extreme personalization of a, of a rental space. But yeah, where where do you find between keeping an, an air mattress on the floor and uh, you know a, a flashlight, you know, and nothing on the walls, <laughs> and this, taping a like, flashlight to a wall? <laughs> yeah, like how how do you you know what is the happy medium of you know decor within a rental space? Decor is one thing because you can decide to take it with you when you go. But my question for both of you is, what upgrades would you be comfortable making to your rental? that are permanent or semi-permanent. So like, would you paint a wall? Would you install a light fixture? Would you put wallpaper up? I would change the shower head. My dad has showed me how. Oh, I did that. So yeah, you've done that. Pretty pretty common DIY project for rentals. Well, I made a friend do it, but... Um. <laughs> I don't, I, I, I like the paint color in my place now, so I wouldn't touch the paint color. It's like a light gray. But my last nice. place, I would definitely paint a wall. What if you were only going to be there for one year? No. You no. would not paint a wall? Nope. No. So the, like the, that's what I think is interesting is so there's a, you never know how long you're going to be someplace, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, sometimes you do, but... <laughs> If you moved into a place and you knew you're only going to be there for a year, would you make any of these upgrades? And at what point, what's the tipping point where you would say, okay, this is long enough to stay where it's worth it to make the upgrade? 
I don't I don't know what the tipping point is, but yeah, definitely I you know, any of the th- stuff you've described, if I'm staying in a place for a year, I'm not painting anything, I'm not putting up any wallpaper, I'm not mm. changing out any of the fixtures. Nope. No. That's sort of the predicament. I'm trying to decide whether to paint a wall or a couple walls, but I don't I could be here for only another you know, six months or I could be here much longer, but you don't know. And so you don't want to invest the time or the money. But this woman in Beverly Hills, she went for it. She was, she, uh, <laughs> she went for it. She went for it. She decorated it like she owned it. Yeah. Yes. For, for somebody that's looking for something close to Hollywood, LA, uh, that wants a social media shareable residence, this is a turnkey opportunity. So I think it is savvy to try and sell it as is. It looks like that's what she's going for, too, because even in the listing description, it says this work of art boasts a movie set flair, ideally suited for influencers, socialites, and YouTubers. Yep. (laughs) So she's definitely going after that millennial market. But uh, yeah, trying to find that person mm, might be tough. So I wouldn't be surprised if it, it goes back down to bare walls and bare floors and they try again. You guys, there's a mirror on the ceiling in the master. I know. Yo. Mir- there are mirrors everywhere, but I didn't There's also that a one. little tiny dog bed in the master. Did you see that? Um, well, that's just the most adorable thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and, the, and there's little stairs, you know, in the master, too, for the little dog. Little silk, to... little velvet-covered stairs for the dog yeah. to get on the bed. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. clearly, this is designed with Paris Hilton in mind with like her little right. dogs. Um, yep. The little dog bed you failed to mention has a tiny little headboard, mm-hmm. which which is what makes it so adorable. The, just the cutest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. That is pretty cute. <laughs> Earlier this year, Realtor.com teamed up with the Golden State Warriors point guard, Kai Bowman for a tour of the team's brand new home at the Chase Center. But what about where Kai calls home? We sat down with the North Carolina native this week to discuss his move to the Bay Area, the worst parts of renting, and the must-have features in his dream home. And after you listen to our interview, make sure you check out that video tour with Kai. We'll link it in the show notes. And spoiler alert, it looks like he makes a mean PB&J. We are here with Kai Bowman. He is a basketball player. He's on the Golden State Warriors. Hey, Kai, how are you? Doing good. How about yourself? Good. We are so excited to have you on with us today on House Party. Um, you, I mean, I grew up in California, in Northern California, so my family grew up going to Warriors games. So I think it's pretty cool that you're on the <laughs> most awesome team in the country. Thank you. <laughs> and Eric Gunther, who is one of our other co-hosts, he uh, lives in Northern California right now. So I'm sure, and I think you're a Warriors fan, right, Eric? Yeah, uh, so I just wanted to congratulate you on a great rookie season, Kai. Thanks. I know it got I know it got interrupted, but uh, you you know I know this was your first year in the NBA. I don't know how much exposure you've had to other guys, you know, going around the league or whatever. Mm-hmm. Have have you have you set foot in any really cool houses just you know within your past and with over the past year or so? Uh, I stepped in like a imagine uh, like maybe like uh, it was like an igloo shape. House and <laughs> the designer was like an igloo. That was probably the, uh, the best one I've seen so far. Where was that? Where was that located? Uh, a little bit down by Santa Cruz. Oh, wow, cool. Okay, yeah. I love Santa Cruz. Yes, yeah. So, what's life like right now as a as a renter? And, and you don't have to tell us the exact address, but I assume you're living in an apartment that's close to the Chase Center, right? 
Yeah, down in uh, Mission Bay. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And are you able to get outside now? And like, like you said, you, you, you've been going to facility and working out or a little bit, but I mean, do you, do you just go out and walk around and jog or stay in shape that way? Yeah, I go out and walk around. I uh, take my dog out. Mm-hmm. Yes, I saw your dog on your Instagram. Yeah. It's, it's a German Shepherd, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, what's its name? Zeus. Oh, he's so it, it, Zeus is a boy. I'm assuming. Yeah, he is. Oh, so cute. Thank Love you. It. In terms of when you do finally, you know, you get a contract, you you get some dough, you 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 do settle down and buy a house. What is like your one must-have amenity, like you know, within that house? Like what what is like the thing that said, you know, me Kai Bowman, this is what I gotta have. I need a pool. A pool. Yes, yeah. a pool, like an infinity pool. Yeah. That's like my dream. Yeah. <laughs> And in terms of, you know, I know I've, I've talked with other athletes as well. And, you know, a big part, part of, uh, you know, what they want in a house. I don't know if you are. Are you a sneaker head or, or, or do you collect sneakers at all or no? I am, but I haven't really like been collecting like as like recently just because being inside an apartment is a lot different than having a house. <laughs> not, you can't like just have them all here. So when I was back at home, I was just have them all in like the basement or uh, like. Like, did you see, like, I don't know if you saw, like, Patrick Mahomes shoe closet or some somebody like that where it's just, like, it looks like a footlocker or, you know, like a shoe palace, like, inside their home. I don't know. Have you seen other athletes that have that? Oh, yeah. Um, Amari's got something like that. Amari Spellman, our old yeah. teammate. Oh, he, he, he has something like that? Yeah. And he's just a rookie like you, though. Um, well, he's, uh, he's going into his uh, third year. Oh, uh, is he? Yeah, he was uh, with Atlanta. Oh, oh, yeah. right. Okay, right, right, right. Yeah. Okay, right. So he came over right from Atlanta. Okay, so yeah. he did. He does have a sneaker closet that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. a sneakerhead for sure. <laughs> and and you spent, you know, like you you talked about, you spent a little time down in Santa Cruz uh, in the G League before getting the call up to to San Francisco. What do you think about like? And, and you're from North Carolina, and from what I could tell, you know, your hometown is pretty close to the Atlantic Ocean over there, in North Carolina. Like, what do you do? You see yourself as more of like? Do you like like the beach lifestyle? Do you prefer like a city lifestyle downtown? What where do you see yourself settling down? I like the uh, the beach lifestyle. Also, just like near nature, like a lot of yeah. like, land. Because I also want four wheels and dirt bikes. Just because uh, I think nature is one of the, the best things about like really like where your location at. And then, right. uh, for me, it was like the views. Oh my gosh. I mean, the Bay Area, talk about like the best, some of the best hiking in the country. I, I miss it so much. I've been trying to go to trails and stuff, like trying to find different trails, but a lot of them since they've been closed, it's like, right. like where we're going to them. So, so you are a, a dirt biker and a, like an off road guy? Yeah, I like off road. <laughs> so you, you do you do want to get some acreage then when you do settle down oh yeah for sure <laughs> right on and i i don't know that the you know it, whether it's the warriors or whatever team you're playing for i don't know that they're they're going to be really thrilled about you going off road though i know that's good that's the same part i mean it's, not, it's gonna have to wait till after <laughs> yeah 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 no i know that's that's a tough one in in terms of where you're renting now, is it is it a nicer place or you know is it just kind of where are you at in terms of you know budgeting and you know you don't have to talk about how much you're spending per month on rent, but like where are you in terms of like you know n- deciding whether to rent or buy? I mean, right now everything is in flux. I know, but it's a uh, nice like highly uh, rented place uh, where I'm staying at. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. 
because it's right in between Chase Center and uh, the Giant Stadium. So yeah, great views. Then you got great like places around it. Uh, so this mm-hmm. like, and then the park is not not too far away from here, and it's like three dog parks uh, and like mm-hmm. one like just around the block. So it's all worth it with like the amenities that come with it. As far as uh, the washer and dryer already came with it, I didn't have to like find one. So that is so a key much. for any any renter, yeah, to have yeah. that that in unit washer and dryer. Truly. Okay, well, I'm. I I think. I mean, that sums it up pretty well, Eric. Yeah, thank you for your time, Kai. On that, that's really appreciated. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us, Kai. No problem. And we hope that basketball resumes once again, so we can watch you like light up the court. <laughs> thank you. I'm ready for it. Now it's time for winners and losers. Let's talk about some celeb real estate. Eric, our loser this week is Russell Peters, stand-up comedian. Both our winner and our loser is more for this week. Not not so much that they made bad deals or they lost a bunch of money. This week, we're going more in a decor bent. Mm. So Russell Peters bought this home in Hidden Hills, popular celebrity destination, uh, home of many Kardashian Jenners and assorted other celebs. I think Drake also lives there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, Russell Peters bought this place in 2017 for $6.45 million, has put it back on the market now for $8.5 million. So three years later, looking for $2 million more. And I, after I talked about it with a couple of folks about the decor in this home, I don't know that he's going to get eight and a half million. It's, it's not. Eric, can you share the address with us so our listeners no. can look it up? No, we you cannot. Can't. Oh, right. This is, this is, right. This is, this we is don't dock celebs. That's right. I'm so not. sorry. I, I, so you'll have to go to the story. Search yeah. Russell Peters, realtor.com, Hidden Hills. The way I would describe this decor is keeping up with the Kardashians circa 2007 Lots of black and white, over-the-top mold, mold, molding in different rooms. Yeah, like rooms. The, tr- the tray ceilings everywhere, the the huge princess-style staircase, that kind of stuff. It's just like, ugh. Yeah, Go I'd ahead. like to comment on the media room with aquarium. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's it's, it's floor-to-ceiling wood paneling. Silver, shiny silver space chairs. I don't know. Those chairs are from Restoration Hardware. I remember them. <laughs> I remember seeing them in the store. The ones in the media room. The ones in the media room. Yeah, they, they're mm-hmm. very industrial. They're they're they have leather. They're they have this like stainless steel metal like airplane looking coating on. It's they're so of a time of Restoration Hardware. They're so heavy looking. This could be. I, I would call this a. Mid to late two thousands time capsule time time capsule home. Yeah, sure. so like it, it, if we had seen this place in twenty years and it hadn't changed, you you would be able to say two thousand seven. Yes, you, you'd be Absolutely. able to pinpoint pinpoint it. Yeah. Absolutely. What about the dining room chairs? Those look like gaming. Oh no, those look like <laughs> the chairs on um on the uh, what's the show? The Voice, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> The chairs like that the, spin around when they the hit the chairs. I want yeah. you button. Right. Okay. Yeah. I, that's a good analogy because I, I, I've been staring at these dining room chairs 
in the uh, Russell Peters home for quite a while and could not put my finger on. They're like Starship Command <laughs> chairs. <laughs> this is we would classify this as a McMansion, correct? Yes. Just yes. just looking at the windows, mm-hmm. the, there's some columns on the outside. Yeah, the, it's got it's got a it's a definitely a mishmash of architectural styles and roof lines and. Peters only bought this in 2017, and the home was built in, I want to say, what was it, 1998. So it's built at the height of McMansion building in 1998, and it's kind of got that, yeah, weird window shapes everywhere, odd roof lines swooping in. And it's not like he bought this place when it was built or a couple years after it was built. He bought this place three years ago. Yeah. You're like, he bought this place knowing it was a piece of crap. (laughs) I didn't well, he, say it, but yeah, like <laughs> he bought this place knowing it looked like it came out like, of 2007. It's a, the location, though, you know, Hidden Hills, double gated, quiet, very secluded, private. This this home, I think, sits on, yeah, an acre and a half of land. So mm-hmm. the value of that in and of itself, I think the, the land itself is probably millions of dollars. Yeah, I guess an acre in Hidden Hills is, yeah, it's... There's gold in them hills. There's gold in them hills. Thank you, Natalie. Russell, you still have a chance to redeem yourself. I'm happy naming him the winner if he does get his price. Totally. Um, Well, let's move on to our winner this week. Will Arnett is our winner of the week. So Will Arnett recently put his home on the market. uh, So we're not calling him a winner because of the price tag or because he sold it or he's reaped a huge profit. But... The look of this home in Beverly Hills uh, that he's selling for $11 million is awesome. I love it. I caramba. It is uh, modern. It's sleek. It was actually on the cover of Dwell Magazine. Uh, That makes sense. That's just how amazing this home is. Yeah, it's really interesting because it looks very industrial from the outside, but extremely cozy inside. Yeah. It photographs really well. I think that... All that natural light. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is uh, a gorgeous home. I don't know if you guys have any particular rooms that you love. I think, I mean, that staircase is actually really cool. It's extremely modern looking, but just that the entry with the, the, the wood panel and there's, there's an abundance of plants and foliage. I mean, there's, plants and trees surrounding the house you can see throughout the windows so i think that that does contribute to the coziness of it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. clearly this place is like high end but yep. it's not in contrast with the previous home that we just discussed it's not trying too hard no, you know there's there's good taste that's that's involved in it um and right. it's yeah it's not trying to show it's expensive it just is like it's not yeah, it's not like overly fussy. It, even mm. though it's you know it's five bedrooms. I I want to say I don't know how, exactly how many square feet it is. Around four thousand. So it's not like huge. Like the mm-hmm. like the Hidden Hills Mansion we just talked about was eleven thousand square feet. This is probably less than half the size of that. I'd love yeah. to live here. I think we all would. Well, Will Arnett is our celebrity real estate winner of the week. That is it for this episode of House Party. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you would like to read any of the stories that we discussed today, please go to realtor.com slash news. You can go to our site or you can go to Google or your favorite search engine, type in realtor.com and the topic and the story should pop up. 
If you like what you heard today, please subscribe to House Party wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you have a moment, please give us a five-star rating. And if you have an extra moment, please give us a review. That helps other people discover our show. Yeah. Eric, do you want to talk about email address? Oh, sure. Yeah. If you have any thoughts about the segments that you've heard today or have any suggestions or ideas about real estate and how it touches all of us, please email us at podcast at realtor.com. Or if you prefer to put those thoughts on social media, we are there too. We are on Facebook and Twitter. We're at House Party Pod on both. Find us there. Join the conversation. See the stories that we've been talking about. Um, We'd love to hear from you. Thank you again for tuning in and we will catch you next week. Bye. 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 Bye.